Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 220 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Michelle Williams. Michelle lives in St. Louis, Missouri. She is an account manager, and also she is a repeat guest. She was on episode 126, which we just figured out we recorded 18 months ago. So I'm really looking forward to all the updates to see how things have changed, to see what else we can add to the story. And welcome, Michelle. Thanks, Jen. So glad to be here again. Well, I'm really glad to have you. A lot has changed in the world since October of 2020. Am I right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We were probably like, oh, this will be over any minute. Yep. We were saying that. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are 18 months later. We are feeling 
back to normal-ish. Some, yeah. Right? Yeah. Are you feeling back to normal in St. Louis? Some of it, yeah. Well, that's good. lifted the ma- mask mandate, so. Oh, uh, that's wonderful. That's yeah. such a good feeling. Is, I can't wait is. to be able to fly without a mask. <laughs> That'll be People, nice. Are you going to come fly? I'm like, no, I'm not flying again until the mask mandate's <laughs> over. <I'm> just, <laughs> I just like can't. I, it's anyway, so uncomfortable. It is. It is really so is. uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? And you've already answered this question once, but for the people who have not heard episode 126, could you give us a brief recap of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I kind of backed into intermittent fasting. Um, I started in 2013. Um, I had tried almost everything. Um Weight Watchers, Lean Cuisine, <laughs> the pills, the shakes, the yeah. low carb, everything. And I just wasn't having any success or would have minimal success and then go right back into that diet cycle, start gaining the weight back. Um, what I found is even as a teenager and child, I really didn't enjoy eating breakfast, but was always told that it was the most important meal of the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it kind of forced that down. And then I noticed, you know, throughout the day, I would even be more hungry and eat lunch and things like that and feeling kind of uncomfortable. I never really had a problem with weight as a teenager. Um, It didn't start until after I had kids and the weight just kind of started to pile on. So I wasn't sure what to do because I hadn't had that problem before. I was pretty active and able to eat whatever I wanted to until that point. And then when the weight started piling on, it's just like, (laughs) frantically, like, how do I get, you know, this off? I've never been over 135 pounds. So when it starts. Yeah. And we really don't have any idea, right? (laughs) You know, even though I I saw my mother, whatever she was doing at the time, I remember when I first started exploring, I was like, what's this slim fast stuff? (laughs) I mean, mean, lean cuisine. I mean, they market that to us. When you said lean cuisine, I had flashbacks (laughs) of like taking that to school for lunch and like the rubbery chicken. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why? But, (laughs) you know, you're just, when you don't really know, even though you've, you know, maybe watched people diet, like I said, with my mother, you just go to the store and you're like, all right, there's got to be some products that'll yeah. cause me to lose the weight. And that's doesn't happen. Yeah. And I was in that craze with the low fat, you know, that was yeah. supposed to be the problem. So the snack <laughs> wells and all this other stuff, it, oh, just yeah. was, it just was crazy. And no matter what I did, the wet, the weight just kept creeping up um, on that. So finally in 2013, you know, my kids were older and at an age where I felt like I didn't, you know, they could kind of cook them something separate and I could do my own thing. I started to say to myself, you know, you're really not hungry. What would it be like to just eat the meal that you are hungry? And I was always hungry at dinner time. So I'm like, if I can Mm -hmm. just drink coffee, (laughs) you know, throughout the day for breakfast and lunch, and then just eat whatever I wanted to, that I was just following what my body, you know, wanted. Mm -hmm. And I found great success with that. In about 60 days, I dropped about 42 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. And I know a lot wow. of that was inflammation and water <laughs> yeah. weight. And I was working out. Also, I was in the process of taking care of my mother, which was transitioning um, at that time. So I know a lot of it was stress. But I was like, this really works. And I started to kind of listen to family and friends that started to get worried and were like, is this more depression? Is this healthy? I don't think it's healthy to eat one meal a day. You should have three meals a day. You're just starving yourself. And I'm like, I don't feel starved. I feel healthier than I (laughs) felt. But I listened to it and gained all the weight back. Yeah. 
So you start, went back to three meals a day. Went back to three meals a day plus snacks. <laughs> and you didn't feel good eating that way. I didn't way. feel good. But, you know, the See? more I ate, the more my body wanted. You know how that goes. <laughs> I do. And, you know, just yesterday, someone in the community um posted they had been to see uh, maybe a chiropractor or someone someone in their, on their medical team and whoever they went to see wasn't a fan of fasting oh wow and <laughs> it's like my they said it was dangerous to fast more than i don't know what the number was people always had different numbers maybe it was 10 hours yeah. i can't remember it was something crazy like 12, but, yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm like well how do you feel yeah <laughs> What's your body saying? Right. Our bodies are not going to let us do something long term. You know, that's it's bad. Like, I uh, look back. I'm, someone also asked me in the community, they're like, I was listening to your story and Delight on Deny, and you talk about, you know, some things that you did, like that five bite diet. I know you've heard me talk about yes. that. <laughs> and they're like, it seems like maybe you didn't lose most of your weight with intermittent fasting. I'm like, well, that's actually not true because I was doing intermittent fasting along with that crazy five bite diet, but my body let me know like two weeks in that it hated that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this is awful. Stop doing this. Yep. And so I dabbled in the craziness. I mean, of course, it was terrible. It's terrible for our bodies to restrict that much day after day. I was fasting and starving myself at yep. the same time, which yeah. is not good. You know, fasting is not starving yourself if you're nourishing your body well. But my body let me know. Yeah. Very soon, that was not good for me. It I does. felt bad. And so I, I couldn't do it. It does. So your body was letting you know when you felt great. And yeah. then your body was letting you know, I don't feel as great anymore. I mean, so that's I, who we need to listen to. That is. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I felt so good on the intermittent fasting. I had so much energy, which was very odd for me because when I ate those three meals a day, oh my God, I was so tired. Like I would yeah. come home from work and I had to literally take a nap before I, I get started. <laughs> I, I took a nap. And, you know, we think we need to eat to get energy, but it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Because digestion takes a lot of energy. It does. It does. It was it was terrible. Um, so 2020 is when I got to that point. I think you've talked about it before where it was just like, this is, I got to find something that's going to work or I'm just going to be overweight for the rest of my life. Right. Just, I was just at a at a point, a breaking point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went back. I'm like, the only thing that's ever worked is when I was doing it. I didn't know that it was called intermittent fasting. I was thinking you didn't know it was called intermittent fasting. You were just following my body. You know, that's when I'm hungry. That's when I don't feel like I'm force feeding myself. Um, So I started researching one meal a day. Is one meal a day healthy? (laughs) Of course, that led me to intermittent fasting. And that led me to your book, Delay Don't Deny. Mm -hmm. And I read that book in a day. I mean, I was taking it everywhere because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me. <laughs> this is my story. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. This is my story. Um, I started on that um, February of 2020. By July of 2020, I dropped 50 pounds. Wow. I started again writing with the one meal a day because that's what I was used to. And I'm a volume eater. So the little snacking foods. And, and I knew that I could eat quite a bit of food and quite a consume quite a bit of calories in one meal. So I'm like, I better stick to it. Yeah. I, I go eat with, with my son, the 22 year old sometimes. And I like can eat more than he can. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he always stops. I'm like, I'm going to finish. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally get being a volume eater. It feels good to be full. Yeah. Yeah. Not like overly full, not but, like Thanksgiving, but <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt good to be full and satisfied. And I automatically went with the evening window because after that, of course, I'm ready to wind down for the night. I don't have much energy. So 
that's where it started. And I kept going. And then we interviewed, I think in October, 2020, I lost 50 pounds by that time and kind of was at, you know, I still wasn't at goal weight, but I was at a weight where I was healthy, where I felt like I didn't have to do it as aggressively. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to naturally let whatever my body was going to do, do it. Ended up losing another 20 pounds. 2021 happened. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And I know you mentioned something on another show about something came, you know, happened with your son. And I had something similar that happened where he had to, had something pretty tragic happen and he had to move back home Mm -hmm. for a little while, which is just a difference. Um, We were empty nesters. um, So... I didn't keep a lot of junk food in the house or right. these foods. And here he is kind of wanting three meals a day. Like, what are you doing? Well, we're doing that same exact thing right now. Just this morning, we were recording this pretty early. I was sitting right beside him in the in the den. He was having French toast. Yeah. Making himself some French toast. Yeah. It was. And I didn't think it really bothered me, you know, because I kind of got in a set rhythm of I wasn't hungry, but it was just there. Right. Um, on top of that, I decided to write a book about my journey with intermittent fasting, but also about holistic wellness, because during this time mm-hmm. I was studying to become a holistic wellness coach um, to help other people kind of take a holistic approach to wellness. I think it takes body, mind and spirit. You know, we yeah. talk about that and sometimes we don't address the reasons why we were overeating in the first place. So I kind of wanted to write that journey and how people could start to deal with some of that. Because even though you have the intermittent fast, it's a great tool. It works. I'll always Mm -hmm. do it. It's a lifestyle. Sometimes there are underlying issues that cause you to overeat in the first place. Well, that's so true. You know, like like substance abuse, for example, mm-hmm. you know, we can go cold turkey with substances, yeah. but you can't go cold turkey with food. Yeah. You still have to eat. So yeah. you can use the food to numb yourself. Yeah. Just as very every so much as someone who uses drugs or someone who uses alcohol. So Absolutely. it's definitely, you know, I, I don't like the words food addiction in a, in a way just because we all have to eat mm-hmm. you know food that, that that kind of makes food seem bad when you say food addiction absolutely food addiction <laughs> like food is not evil or bad right but but it's this it's the same pathways in the brain mm-hmm. so i don't really know what would be a better better description than food addiction i don't know i don't know either but yeah it does have that kind of connotation to it that's mm-hmm. like kind of negative um, on that. So I definitely wanted to write a book about that. Um, and sometimes it's trauma or stress mm-hmm. or, you know, I wasn't necessarily an emotional eater, but I definitely was a stress eater. Um, right. That's how I dealt <laughs> with stress. And even though you have intermittent fasting, life is still going to happen. So you have to really deal with, okay, what I'm taking kind of food as my, um, as what I go to for what I'm dealing with stress, I'm now taking that away because I'm intermittent fasting. I have to fulfill that with something. How am I going to deal with stress going forward? Because you're going it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So the book was kind of about that. Um, I also had started intermittent fasting Facebook group for just, mm-hmm. you know, those small communities, you know, in our own area that we need. Cause I know that your groups were so power for me, powerful for me when I was going through it, just to be able to relate to other people, because I didn't have anyone in my physical circle that was on the same journey as I was. So just being able to go to those groups and have that, I wanted to offer the same thing to people in my community as well. So leading up there, there was just a lot going on. He had come mm-hmm. to stay. I was writing the book. I had the seeking the certification to become a holistic wellness coach. On top of due to COVID, we were losing a lot of people at my job. So the workload 
was much heavier. You know, instead of working eight hours, I was working 12 hours and still trying to write the book. Um, I'm sure you can attest to that, how it is writing a book. So I'm, and when you get those, I'm the type of person, when I get an idea, I want to finish it. So even though I was working until seven or eight o'clock at night, I still wanted to get on and, and, and write a little bit. So my sleep started to suffer. You're right about that. I would wake up in the middle of the night anytime I'm writing a book. I'll wake up in the middle of the night with like words in my head mm-hmm. and I have to get my phone. I don't care if it's two in the morning and I have to write it in the notes yeah. app. Do yep. you do the same thing? Something like that? I have to get up and get on the laptop. <laughs> do you? Just I write it, it on the notes app. And then I up. wake up and I'm like, what did I write? I'm like, oh, that was really good. Yeah. I'm glad I wrote that down. It can be sometimes <laughs> in the shower too. I'll get When I get these oh. ideas, I'm like. The shower, definitely. Yes. I had a friend send, she she heard me talking about how I like to write things down in the shower or how I get ideas in the shower. She sent me a waterproof notepad. Oh my God, that's so cool. I could use it in the shower and I kept it in there for a while. My problem was not the waterproof notepad because the pages didn't dissolve or whatever. I couldn't find a pen that would work on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, well, <laughs> so much for that idea. But We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. You finished your book. What was what's the name of your book, and how can people find it? While while that's on my mind, oh, it's called Elegant Elevation: Shattering Through the Glass Ceiling to Become the Best Version of You. Okay, um, so it's talking about getting through those barriers and those things that block us from becoming the best, our best selves. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, it was weight. I struggled with that for a long time, and people just don't know how hard that is, and how you're discriminated against. You know, I was even discriminated against in the workplace. Um, because of just a lot of just unsavory things said, you know, I would overhear things and things like that. So it's just 
I don't think, like you, you've said before, if you haven't been, you're glad that you did experience being obese because you wouldn't be able to appreciate being at a healthy weight. The things that yeah. people say to you, it's like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> well, I, I now understand that people who have never struggled with their weight really don't understand yeah. that it's not just a matter. I mean, it, it's biology. Yeah. It's you know eating in a way that isn't right for our bodies. But again, you know, like I, I mentioned before, I turned to the slim fast and the the we talked about snack walls. That's all; those are not the right things for your body. They are not. <laughs> but we we don't know what to do, so we just try to do whatever we can, mm-hmm. and it's also not the right thing. But we're we're fighting biology, and we don't understand why. Whereas the people who have never struggled with their weight, for whatever reason. You know, I mean, my son ate half of his French toast this morning, and then he just stopped eating, and he's like, "I've had enough of that." Yeah. And I never had that. <laughs> I never yeah. had that cut off. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. But but the thing is, is that his body told him he had enough. Whereas if I was eating French toast, my body would not have told me that. No, it wouldn't. That's why I stick to the one meal a day. Exactly, because then I could hear those signals. But the people who are, you know, discriminating against us for being overweight haven't ever faced the struggles, and they don't know. Yeah. We're just, you know, portrayed as weak or something. It is. Like you can do something. People I went to high school with, they're like, oh, you know, I see them somewhere because I, before I moved to St. Louis about five years ago, I live in a very small town. So everyone went to Walmart. Walmart's like the place to go. You definitely went to Walmart. You were going to see somebody that you knew. Uh And people I went to high school with, oh, wow, you really blew up since high school. (gasps) You know, what happened? And it's like. Why yeah, would you say that to somebody? <laughs> well, I see you're still a jerk. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what she's saying. You didn't get better manners, did you? Yeah, it's just like you're shocked because I would right. never say that to somebody. But again, no. you know, that's just not my personality. But no. I'm just like the things people say. Um, there was some t- uh, thing in a workplace where I did this presentation everybody was like oh that was so great it was so informative and I was leading this project and it was a multi-million dollar project and they were like you know you really give us a lot of information and I overheard someone say you know how can she manage a million you know dollar project when she can't manage to put her fork down you know Um, and it's like I want to go punch that person in the face (laughs) you know I just and it's just things like that where I'm like people just don't know you know what people are dealing with so that's why I wanted to write the book and say you know we do need to deal with those issues because there are, it, it's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. There are some things that we we deal with and that cause us sometimes to overeat that are beyond our control, you know? Right. So elegant elevations and can people, where can people find it? Um, I, It's not out yet. It will be out at oh, the okay. end of this month, but by the time Ooh, this broadcast, it will, <laughs> but right, it will be everybody. on Amazon. It will be out. Barnes and Noble, so elegant elevations. Yeah. Elevations. Fantastic. Yeah. It feels so good. It does. It does to to know that you've you've put that out there, but you know, and the the time that it's taken to to get your words out there, and I hope that it helps a lot of people. So it's not it just about weight. It's not just about weight. It's just becoming your best self. But it does have yeah. in there um, a part about intermittent fasting and how that can help, and how that's a tool to helping you get there for clarity, even if you're not trying to lose weight. You know, right? Um, I also went through a health scare. Okay. In 2021, um, with dealing with just all the changes, this, the tragic situation that happened with my son, him having to come, and then the stress was work and uh, doing that. Also, like I said, writing the book and <laughs> getting the the group together. Um, 
I had what some people would consider, I guess, an emotional or mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I ended up in the hospital for about four days and they had no idea what was going on. I went through all these uh panel of tests. Numbers mm-hmm. were great, which I was proud of. <laughs> Physically, I was I was great. All my, you know, cholesterol and, and A1C and all this was great. Um, blood pressure, and they just could not find out what was going on. And I was later diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Never had an episode. Um, I did have my grandmother who did struggle with mental illness, but never had an episode or anything like that before that happened, but just the stress. Yeah. And for people that may not know, bipolar is a mood disorder where you have right. drastic uh, mood swings. And I had had that before, but I always thought it was situational. Like I always noticed, okay. yeah, like seasonal affective disorder or some people, right. you know, during the weather, I would always have that. But I'm just like, oh, you know, this is just wintertime blues. People just have mm-hmm. this. Or if something happened, my mood would drastically change, but never knew that. So was dealing with that for who knows how many years, mm-hmm. which could have also contributed to why I overate. So, well, right. Because when you have a, a mental disorder, yes. like, is that the, the right word it to is. use it, for bipolar disorder? disorder, mm-hmm. mood yeah. disorder um, you, you try to self-medicate. You do. Like we were talking about mm-hmm. before. It, you can self-medicate with drugs, with alcohol or food. With food. And I mean, we all do to, a, to an extent, yeah. soothe ourselves with food. Last night, I was like, I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to have some ice cream. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, did, I did that. And that's okay. It's okay yeah. to do that. It's not shameful. You know, right. we don't want to have shame associated with it. But it does explain a lot. It does. You know, why we we tend to, to go towards those soothing yeah. behaviors. It does. You're just trying to feel good in your brain. You are. You are. Mm-hmm. And that was something they said. You have these these episodes where you are trying to do that. Sometimes it's shopping for people that struggle with right. a mood disorder and different Is things. Is it dopamine that you're trying yes. to? Mm-hmm. Okay. trying to get that. It's, there's an imbalance there. And yeah. there's such a stigma with talking about it. Uh-huh. And that's why I did want to come back on here and kind of discuss it and saying that it's okay. You're not alone. You know, the last uh-huh. studies that I read, I think it was over 2 million people struggle with it. But when I went to find information, there wasn't a lot as far as support and groups and things like that, because I think people are very reluctant to share, to share that, you know, sometimes you hear about depression or something like that, but if someone has bipolar, you don't want to share that because you don't want to be labeled, right? which I didn't either. And that but, sounds more extreme. Yes. Because <laughs> you, you, you picture it and you, you were managing it well in your life mm-hmm. and you didn't even realize you had it. But we think of bipolar disorder as someone who has like the massive yes. ups and downs. They used yes. to call it, what was it? Manic depressive. Manic depression. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've changed the wording there. But when, when the old wording, manic depressant mm-hmm. or depressive, really you think of the manic episode. You do. Like, like you weren't having manic episodes. I was not. I was not. But you were having positive, like upswings and downswings. Mm-hmm. It's just. You know, the more the the up and the down. It was. It was. And like I said, I have been dealing with this for I don't know how long. I'm 45 right. now. Wasn't yeah. diagnosed until I was 45 years old. Wow. So it, it's just really important that we we do deal with those issues as well. Because when I, of course, was placed on uh, medication and I got on the medication and that had me feeling so lethargic. I was sleeping so much. Appetite was up again, you know, so something else that I had to kind of manage through to get through. But again, I stuck with, you know, intermittent fast and I did gain some weight, (laughs) but I was so happy to have that tool in my toolbox to Mm -hmm. go back to. But sometimes you just have to take care of you. 
you know. Oh, 100%. That's the most important thing to do. So would, do you think it was the medication that, that led to the weight gain? I do. I do. Yeah. I think because I'm a person um, that has always had to couple being active or exercise with eating, you know, with the intermittent fasting in order to lose weight, at least at the rate that I wanted to lose, I wanted to right. see significance. For me, a half a pound a month or pound a month wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of want to see the scale moving. So in order to do that a little bit, I always had to couple it with exercise and just that it had me feeling so lethargic and so sleepy. So we did mm-hmm. have to adjust the dosages and things like that. But it's a it's a process, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the doctors don't just, you know, have a fix for you. They're kind of guessing and working with with you too. So because you have your own unique brain chemistry. You do. And all of the the possible drugs out there are not gonna be equal for you. Right. You got to figure out what works for you. So did it take a while then to find the dose that was right for you? Several months that I had to go through and I would check in um uh with my therapist and uh psychiatrist and just saying how was I feeling and how is it going? I was like I can't, at this dosage, I can't function. You know, it's very right. hard. Like I'm very sleepy all day and my appetite was just ravenous. It was like, mm-hmm. it was very hard. Cause I, like I said, I always did the one meal a day and I usually ate within a two hour window. I usually do right. 22 two, um, which was pretty comfortable for me. Cause like I said, I normally had that one plate of food or, you know, like an appetizer, a main dish and maybe a dessert. And then I'm done within an hour, hour and a half. But I wasn't, I was feeling hungrier. And when you talk mm-hmm. about listening to your body, I'm like, at this time, who knows what my body is going through? It's saying that I need to eat earlier or something. I'm going to go ahead and listen to that and do that. I was more concerned with that than at the time, the weight loss. So. Well, I love that you didn't feel like like that was failing or panicked about right. it because that was such a process because you needed the medication mm-hmm. and it, it changed your hunger. It changed your body. Mm-hmm. It made you not feel your best, but you needed it. Yeah. But you didn't beat yourself up for, well, I'm gaining some weight. Yeah. And yeah. the intermittent fasting has stopped working. No. No, no, it did not. It never did. <laughs> it never did. It never did. But your body was going through some some big changes. Yeah, yeah. So how much weight did you regain throughout all that process? Ooh, oh, I lost 70 total and I gained back about 30 of that. Okay. So okay. it was significant, but I tried yeah. to stay positive. Like you still right. lost that 40. <laughs> Right. And intermittent fasting is still there. Once you right. get your medication stabilized and you get to that, you'll be fine. And like I said, mm-hmm. I just took, I didn't ever take time off from intermittent fasting, but my window definitely changed, which right. didn't impact my weight because I know the 22 really worked for me. I had to go to more of a 16, 18, mm-hmm. still doing it, but it was fine. You know, I was okay with that because I know what works and I know intermittent fasting works. Any other time in my life, I would have panicked and like, you know, start doing that diet mentality and starvation. And, you know, and I'm like, no, you know what this is, you know, what's important now is you get well. And through the whole time I was still healthy. My numbers, you know, I had to Mm -hmm. take panels. I was still doing something good for my body. I was still fasting. I didn't stop. I didn't fall off the wagon. I didn't (laughs) do any of those things. I just need to take care of my body in a different way. Mm-hmm. My body needed mm-hmm. something different. Those needs had definitely changed at that time. So that. So when when you got the, I guess you got your medication sorted out, you got in a routine that felt good. When did you feel like you were able to increase the fasting again and shorten your window? Um, it probably was just in the last couple of months, to be honest. This okay. happened in November. So it probably was in January that I really felt that I was 
back at a point where I can get it back up again. But those couple of months where it was going, I was not able to do the 22 two. Mm-hmm. I had to do that. But um, I definitely feel like it now that I can do it and that I feel comfortable and I'm not starving. I'm not hungry. My sleep schedule is better. You know, and that's the thing again, what the book talks about having that balance, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot more things than that goes into it than just in wellness than just eating or intermittent fasting. 100%. You know, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? we're, we're not just, you know, one thing. Yeah. Our, there's like millions of processes going on in our bodies at all times. Yeah. And, you know, you put one little wrench in there. Mm-hmm. It throws everything. It does. Sleep is just so important. And so that, are you sleeping better now? I'm you sleeping said better. And that honestly, was what they said prompted the episode. You know, I had never had an episode before, but it was a lack of sleep because I was trying to stay up and write the book. And I was actually operating on two to three hours of sleep a night, Ah. if that. And they're like, yeah. But again, it was a blessing in disguise because I would have never known. And that's something I needed to know that I was dealing with, you know. So yeah, they said sleep and stress was a combination that, that brought that on. So... Well, that makes sense. Yeah, your body was like, enough. Yes, we're just going to shut down because. <laughs> I'm going to get your attention, Michelle. That's what your body said. It was. It really what, was. What sent, you, what sent you to the hospital? Was it physical feelings or was it the, the mental part of it? It was the mental part of it Okay, um, uh, that did. Um, my husband was here and he was like, you know, you kind of weren't sounding like yourself, you know. And he's mm-hmm. like, I knew that. And he mentioned to me like, you haven't been sleeping much, you know. When I go to bed, you're up. When I get up, you're up. You know, when yeah. are you <laughs> sleeping? And that's normally not me. My normal sleep schedule, I'm in the bed by 9 p.m., no later than 10. Yeah. So <laughs> for him, he goes to bed at midnight and like, you were still up. When I got up at 5, you were up. You know, when were you right. When were you sleeping? But I really felt like my body didn't need it, but it was out of whack. You know, I felt mm-hmm. like I, I was just on this. And I guess that's the mania part of it, mm-hmm. that I was just on this, this high, you know, not high, like <laughs> I know what you mean. No, that was that was the manic part, yeah, the was, traditional manic part. Yeah. You didn't realize that was didn't what realize was happening. But th- so often, it it's related to like extreme creativity. Period. Yes. You know, like artists, and they're they're like they're creating. But that's what you were doing. You were creating, yeah. and you were driven, and you felt like you were in the flow. I did. It felt so normal for me, and I'm just like, oh, I'm having some great ideas, and I'm like, yeah, that. So he said, you kind of said some things that kind of worry me. I could tell that you were not completely in a conscious state. Right. Um, I mentioned wanting to see my mother, who had had passed on. He was kind of like, yeah, you know, you'll see her again one day because we're, we're spiritual people. Um, but he said just the way you were talking about it, mm-hmm. it was just very in the moment, like you might have saw her at that point, which I didn't, but I just felt like, you know, just these conversations I were have were just not the normal conversation. Um, it was a lot of red flags that was that having he was he's like, up on. Okay. So he's like, let's go to the emergency room. Yeah. Is that what he did? Well, first he's like, let's get some sleep. Let's get some yeah. He's like, I could not. He was like, because I felt like, you know, if you've ever stayed up for days, and I've done this with my mom when she was still alive, just talking when I hadn't seen her for a while, but you get a little nutsy when you're, yeah. you know, lack of sleep anyway. So he thought it was that. He's like, if I could just get her to get some sleep, she'll be fine. But he's like, you just would not lay down. He's like, you'd lay down for 15 minutes and you're back up like, oh, I had an idea. And you're like back at the computer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, let's go get you, you know, checked out and see what's going on. And like I said, they did CAT scans and did the blood panel and they're like, physically everything looks fine. And then that's when they brought someone else in and like, yeah, this is an, this is an episode. 
How do they diagnose bipolar disorder? I, a panel of questions they have. Okay. I, just, I wondered because I was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah that's how they <laughs> like, go. How do they, is it a brain scan? But it's not. It's just It's just they, they talk about your, your moods, your, your moods, feelings. How are you feeling? You know, where are you? You know, this sort of thing and everything. They're like, yeah, this is an episode, you know. And they said it was a mild one. You know, there's different mm-hmm. stages to it. Um, but they definitely said that's what it was. And I'm like, wow. And it was, it was a very lonely and scary period because again, I, I know the stigma mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that goes there. I'm like, oh, I, you know how you're discriminated against for being overweight. Now here's the, <laughs> you know, here's another label, you know. Right. Um, but. Well, I'm, it's brave for you to come forward and share it. Yeah. But I wanted to help other people because I'm like, right. I know how I felt. And like I said, that community is is huge. You know what I mean? It, just mm-hmm. having community is is a big part of that. And a lot of people, like I said, I'm sure some of your listeners or, you know, people that will hear this are, are dealing with something like that or something like that, you know, bipolar. I'm pretty sure I've got family members that I love who are dealing with it, yeah. but it's hard to recognize it in yourself sometimes. It like, is. You know, your husband recognized it before you did. He did. I was like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. And that's that's a hard conversation to have with someone you love. And they're like, no, no, I'm fine. This is normal. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to say here? You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 He did. He really did. And I, I it, it brought us much closer because I had to Good. have that trust to say, you wouldn't tell me anything wrong. You know, there obviously yeah. is something that, and I could see the. The fear in his eyes, like, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't you. So I'm so glad about that. Well, that, that was great that you have that kind of relationship where he felt like he had to just really tell you, but you listened yeah. because yeah. you were that, it, that could, could have gone the other way. You could be like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. Yeah, it definitely could have. It definitely could have. Um, and it, it didn't. And I, I'm so glad that I found out now, you know, looking back, you see so many, you know, things that you were dealing with that like, mm-hmm. wow, this it has probably been going on for years from the time I was a teenager. But again, you just think it's life. You have mood changes. We do. You know, it's. We do. We have good moods. We have bad moods. Yeah, it's PMS. So what? It's- <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because you're a woman. Yeah, you're a yeah. woman. You guys are so are emotional. <laughs> yeah. No, that is not it. That's- so what are some of the warning signs that people should look for? Def- if, they're, if they're not sure that this might, you know, they're like, huh, maybe I, I do have this issue. Uh, one of the things is the drastic mood swings. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of the things, The even the SAD, which is uh, seasonal affective disorder, um, is one of the ones that I had. And I again, I just thought, hey, it's just the wintertime blues. Right. Um, a sudden drastic change in your sleep needs. Um all of a sudden that you feel like you can operate on way less <laughs> uh, sleep was one of them um, that went on there. And also stress, how you handle stress. Um, are things seeming to stress you out more than usual? You know, mm-hmm. just some basic things were really felt stressful, you know, the extra work hours. And, and that would be stressful for anybody going from eight to 12 hours, but it just was really, really hard on me where, you know, sometimes I would almost be in tears, you know, and it's like, I've been doing this for years. Why is this so stressful and hard for me at this time? Um, so those are some of the everything ones. coming together at once. Yeah. It just feels like over being, feeling of overwhelmed, being overwhelmed is one of those. How old is your son that came back home? He is 24. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got one that's 24. The one that's home <laughs> with us is 22, but yeah, it's really hard to watch them struggle. How's he doing right He's now? He's doing, um, 
he's doing a lot better. He's doing a lot better. Good. He's back um, living on his own. Um, but yeah, you worry. It doesn't end when they you turn it. Never stop worrying. <laughs> no. It actually gets almost a little worse because they, now they can make really life-changing bad decisions. Yeah. It's worse than when they were in, you know, elementary school, their worst thing was like they failed a test or when yeah. they got in trouble and on the playground. <laughs> but now it's like these are grown people now. Yeah, yeah. You have very little control over the decisions they make. And it seems it's like true. they listen to you a lot less now. It's like, what do you know? You know, like, oh, I've just been here. You know? Right. Has he gotten to the point where he is listening to you a In little bit In this situation, more? he did. Or now he's kind of coming back to me and telling me things I told him years ago. He'll say, like, right. a friend told him. And I'm like, I told you that years ago. But That was me. I said that. <laughs> but it's okay. As long as you're listening. I don't know who right. cares. Right. As long as you're hearing it. It takes him a while. <laughs> <laughs> but they were listening and, and they do come back to us when they do when they they need us when they're older. Yes, they do. They do. Well, I'm glad that's I'm glad that's going well. Yeah, I'm highly tuned into that with <laughs> with Definitely. adult sons. Definitely. It was it was a tough thing though. Just the difference, you know. Um, I think you've experienced that with having the emptiness and just having them back at home. It's just a a different level. <laughs> Well, it is. It's hard for them to come back, and suddenly you're like, "Well, we do have rules here. <laughs> we do." That was very challenging. That was- These are rules. We have them. And they're like, "What?" I've been living on my own. I'm like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, just the diets, the loud music, and then uh-huh. I'm just kind of a neat freak." And it was just like, "Oh, uh, me too. you're back home. Okay, I just <laughs> yeah. almost tripped down the stairs over your shoes, but <laughs> uh-huh. yep." <laughs> Gotcha there. I'm hundred percent on that. So, but we do what we have to do, and that's, we that's, do. We do. There's nothing else to, we can do. Yeah, that's true. So you're you're feeling feeling like yourself again, and your fasting is back to normal. I am. Yes, and it is back to normal. Um, I think it's even better than before. I think I give that's myself good. that grace and that because I was mm-hmm. pretty strict about it <laughs> i was one of those people that are looking at the watch like okay it's four to six so <laughs> it's three fifty-eight. i can't start eating until it's four o'clock it's definitely um a looser window i'm basically that's listening good. to my body a lot more than what i was doing before um that's so important our body gives us so many signs and and signals that things are <laughs> going right or going wrong um both ways and we're taught to ignore them we definitely are. We definitely are. Just, you know, in, in all aspects, like no pain, no gain, for example. Yeah, exactly. you know, we're not to, Well, if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't need to hurt. I used I to know. do that with my exercising a lot. It's like, oh, if it's too easy, you know, because I just like walking. And like I said, listen to right? the power walking or just doing something just really simple. But it's like, that's not good enough. You got to go to the gym and <laughs> beat yourself up. <laughs> it's like, I don't really want to do that. No, I will never join a gym again. I'm like, I'm, I, I kept you know, going back and trying it again. And then I'm like, you know what? I just don't like this. And that's true. And you're like, well, if I pay the membership, I'm going to go. And it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now, I am excited about one thing that we're moving um, to the beach, moving to the beach. Oh, I'm awesome. so excited about that. And um, by the time this comes out, we will be there. But we're moving into a new neighborhood that has an, an indoor heated pool that they keep heated all um, winter long. Oh, and wow. they have... They have water aerobics, but it's like part of the neighborhood. I'm like, I'm going to do that. That is good. That sounds really, but that's not the same as going to the gym. I love being in water Mm -hmm. and I love being around people. So I'm like, I think I can go do water aerobics with the other retired ladies. 
yeah. And it just happens to be a great workout and something you enjoy. You'll do it. Yeah. That's how I'm with, especially like in the winter, you know, going out and getting in the warm water. Anyway, I hope it's warm. (laughs) They need to crank up the heat or something if it's not warm enough, but you know, it's, it's all about finding something that you enjoy. For me, it needs to be social or it needs to be walking or I need to be, you know, something that it just needs to feel good. Yeah. So do you walk now? I do. I do. Uh, the weather's still, we're in the Midwest, so it's still iffy here. It's 71 day and 30 the next. So. Yeah, because we're recording this in April. For yeah. Yeah. Listen, by the time July gets here, when this comes out, it will be hot. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's true. Right now it's still, if we have some good days are, and bad the days. Same way. I'm wearing my sweatshirt and I've got my Uggs on. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was it was cold when I woke up. I had to go run an errand this morning. It was 55 degrees out there, but it's going to be 85 this afternoon. That's like here. Yeah, That's welcome like to here. the South. I'm yep. telling you, I thought the South would, I thought you'd be warm all the time by now. No. <laughs> <Not at> <laughs> <all>. <laughs> no, we just had the Masters. We just finished that up um, this weekend. And it was a cold, cold Masters. People was were it? like, yes. Oh my gosh. We like it to be warm at the Masters, but oh well. Oh my gosh. Well, I did want to mention too that I did start an intermittent fasting group. Um, It's called Elegant Elevation also. Um, Love it. And it's on Facebook. It is on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. It's called Elegant Elevation uh, Fasting Group. And just have a a few, it's a pretty small group right now. We got about 35 people in there, um, but it's Mm -hmm. growing because it's just only been there a couple of months. But just sharing a lot of the uh, Jason Fung videos and different things like that and ideas, just a community of people talking what's working for them, what's not working. Um, Mm -hmm. I did do a challenge, a hundred day challenge for people just to try clean fasting and intermittent fasting that hadn't. I had a lot of friends that went to the gym and had done a lot of the keto and things like that. And I'm like, well, just give me a chance. Just give me a hundred days and just try it. So there's kind of change, uh, sharing their experience and what their window looks like and all of that. So it's, it's really nice bringing it to a group of people because it's very popular now Mm -hmm. intermittent fasting versus when I started years ago, but there are still so many people that don't know about it or don't Mm -hmm. even know exactly what it is. So it's exciting to get, babes (laughs) babes <laughs> fresh meat in the group to to kind Love of it. do that and, and share that information with them because a lot of people i'm a researcher i want to mm-hmm. learn and i'll go out there and try to find information some people just don't like doing that so no. i kind of they bring just that tell me what to do <laughs> yeah right but i love that the group is small because you can really i mean that's how i started i wanted a small group yeah i wanted a small group we could just talk about stuff it could be low-key and then you see what happens yeah yeah <laughs> it was a great blessing and i'm not complaining about it but in a small group you could feel more willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be yourself and not feel like you were, you know, out in the entire wild world of Facebook. Yeah. You, know? you do get kind of lost in there. Sometimes the groups get a little bit big on that. Some big, flag yeah. small um, on that. I hope it does grow some, but I'm, I know that especially after this podcast comes yeah, out. People I hope so. for you. Yeah. It's open to whoever's interested in doing, like I said, just share a lot of information, a lot of what I mm-hmm. learned on that and just discussing and just hearing people discover it that haven't. It's just, it's just fun. So I definitely have passed the torch. <laughs> from taking it from you and and then telling other people about it people have great that's the name of the game that's how we change the world is is it's multiplying the efforts yeah you know that that's me as a teacher when i taught elementary school 
you know, I'm not with those children for the rest of their lives, but I teach them what they need to know and then they carry it throughout their lives. And the same is true with intermittent fasting. I can't run all the Facebook groups or mentor every person who wants to try intermittent fasting as much as I would like to do that. I can't. So I need Michelle's and I need <laughs> you know, all the people who are out there taking it. And I really think that a small group environment is more powerful than a giant yeah. place that it's just, you know, Facebook just got too big yeah. yeah, for me to manage. I can't say, no, you can't be in the group. We're full now. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Before I left, I started trying to do, you know, like, like trying to split people off and like yeah. you go to, and, and that was really but then people would like tell on the group. They'd be like, somebody in this group and they're doing this. I'm like, no, stop telling me. That's not my group. <laughs> <laughs> like back in elementary school, you know, tattling is. on the group. It like, is. It is. I'm not even in that group. So please. <laughs> anyway, but. I learned uh, so much from you on how to, how to do that though. I think you did an amazing job on, okay. on running that group and started off when I started, Hey, there's going to be no bullying here. Keep your eyes on your own plate. You know, <laughs> whatever you want to share, yeah. you're kind of. It's it's fine to do, but it really uh, opening their eyes to a lot of things and it helps so many people. They've it started. I started at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. hundred and so many people have lost weight already. It's just wow. it's just amazing. And I'm like, you don't have to. And they're like, well, I'm already doing this. I'm already doing that. I'm like, that's the nice thing about it. You don't have to change anything if you want to do Weight Watchers with it. Do Weight Watchers with it. Couple right. it with keto. That's the nice thing about it. It's not instead of. It's an addition right, to, exactly. you know, exactly. so. because intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's when you eat, mm-hmm. it's a pattern of eating, but you can eat in any way you prefer with it. Yeah. And it's going to be different. And again, you know, you do get that. What do I eat? What's the best? Yeah. I don't know for you, right? For me, you know, it's avoiding the processed foods, but for somebody yeah. else, you know, I can take carbs. Okay. I don't have a problem. I can take a baked potato. I can take rice. Oh yeah. And I'll still lose, but you know, I started eating. Oh yeah. The period of time I was losing the best, I was eating more potatoes than I've ever eaten in my life. (laughs) That period of time in the spring of, um, of 2015, I was losing like crazy eating a ton of baked potatoes. My body does great with those as long as I pair them with enough fat to, you know, to, so my blood sugar doesn't like go up real real fast. But Zoe, when I did that, taught me that, oh yeah, putting the fat with it makes a difference. Now was the Zoe, <laughs> was that the um where you did the muffins or <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yep. That was for anybody who's like, what's that? It's at jenstevens.com slash Zoe. I talk about the experience and it's changed a little bit since I did it because they're constantly refining the process based on updated research that they're doing. But it was such a great, a great thing to go through. Um, Tim Spector, his research, Dr. Tim Spector, some of his research is um, in that. He's he's not the only researcher involved in it, but he's like the main guy. And it's just powerful to know that we really are all different. You know, they look at your gut microbiome, how your body clears the fat, how your body clears the blood glucose. I don't clear anything well. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling that's how I'd be too, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, it is what it is. And, you know, some people have done it and then they're like mad. They're upset at their results. They're like, well, I don't, they're terrible and my gut is bad. I'm like, well, but now you know. But now you know. And you know now how you can feel. work with that. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, your gut is in terrible shape. So now let's build it up. Yeah. Yeah. We know what to do. It. I am in the process of reading your book right now. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm in the process Clean-ish. of cleanish. Yes. It's, it's a lot. I like that book. There's so much good information in there. There's so much good information. I'm really proud of it. Um, It didn't take off giant at the beginning. So hopefully it'll, it'll 
build over time, but I really think it's a valuable book to take your time with. You have to. You have to. There's a lot to digest in there, but it's great information. And I, like I said, I, I'm still getting through it, but I'm learning so much about Good. my body because it's always – we get so – you know, caught up in the either or, you know, it has right. to be, you know, I have to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know? You're know, you not. That's the ish. You know, just, just today, someone in the community um, was talking about their eating window and, and, and how she was cleaning things up. She had read cleanish and she's like, but I still want to have that one diet Coke every day. She's like, and I know it's bad and I shouldn't have it. I'm like, but we're cleanish. Yeah. You know, you're cutting down toxins. And somebody might listening to this might be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're saying that. But it's it's making the choices. You know, there's someone who would be upset that I'm using real deodorant on some days instead of natural mm-hmm. deodorant. But you just have to do the best you can. Yeah. That's for your you quality can. of life. Exactly. You and you know, someone else has decided they will never use conventional deodorant. That is the line they will will not cross. I don't use artificial sweeteners. That's the line I don't cross, but I don't like them mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Really easy for me to not cross that line because I don't like it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but for someone who li- genuinely likes it, but you're cleaning up your, um, you know, your beauty products, you're cleaning up your cleaning products, you're putting in mostly really good quality foods, that, you know, that's not one Diet Coke in your window is not going to fill your bucket. That's true. That's so true. Like I said, I've been sharing that information and telling my people in my group about that and passing that information along because there's so much in there that I didn't know. Like I said, I researched so many things, I, some things I didn't even think about, um, yeah. about that. You're like, my deodorant, my, my cleaning products. What? <laughs> You're like, what? But my husband is spraying in the yard. I mean, that sort of sort of thing. And, you know, trying to make changes like that as well. Yeah. Not easy, especially when you've got other people <laughs> household that's true that's true trying to, uh, trying to get my husband on board is a whole different, a whole different animal on that because he's a it. yeah it's like we just have some separate things you know like he uses different laundry detergent than i do really yeah that's okay he also likes to do his own laundry that started back in the day when we were first married and he was waiting tables and i was a teacher so we had very different, like he would be waiting tables at night, staying up late. I was getting up early and going to school and he might need his work uniforms, whatever. So he was washing his own clothes when he needed them. And it just kind of developed over time. Yeah. Now he prefers to do his own laundry. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to fight you. No. <laughs> and he does use a fragrance-free detergent. Oh, really? So that's good. I don't think I'd like if the, the washing machine smelled super fragrancy, <laughs> but... Um, it's not, I mean, I use my branch basics. He uses his unscented and we're fine. Yeah, that works out. That works out. It does. It yeah, does. I'm, I'm encouraging, like I said, going along with that, trying to get him on board. He won't give up his Mountain Dew. His soda. Uh-huh. He has a couple of those a day and I'm like, they're so bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> then I was going to my dentist and they were saying how bad it was, you know, for your teeth for and your stuff teeth. like that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> But again, we have to decide, you know, it's it's what are, what quality of life do you want to have and what are you willing to to give up versus what really does make your life, you know, have the pleasure in it. Because that's part of it. That's you know, true. his Mountain Dew, he loves his Mountain Dew, right? Yeah, that's true. And I love my butter and <laughs> there you go. full fat cheeses. I say that you don't need to give those up. <laughs> They are clean. <laughs> They're not just cleanish, but <laughs> I will never give up my dairy. I won't either. But my body likes it, you know. It does. Goodness. I don't have a problem with it. So until it tells me different, <laughs> we're gonna keep going. Yep. 
Absolutely. So you mentioned that you um, were trained as a holistic wellness coach. coach. Wellness coach. Oh, holistic wellness coach. Mm-hmm. So are you working with clients? I am. That's part of my group as well. Those are some okay. of the people that I put in the group. Again, I still work full. So I have my full-time job. So I just do it part-time, but still give coaching uh, lessons on that one-on-ones and things like that about how to adopt the mind, body, and spirit um, in that. Um, the book has a spiritual background to it, nature to it. It's not overly religious or any, right. it's just for anybody that believes in a higher power. I call mine right. God, different people call different things. Whether you call it universe yes. or spirit or, or God. Yeah, it's right. definitely not over that, but just having that, that clarity with that and incorporating that as well. I think it is so important to have overall wellness. You know, we look at one aspect and I know for me for a long time, it was just physical. What am I eating? Eating body, you know, and it wasn't about the mind. It wasn't about the spirit. And you do have to incorporate both those to have a holistic wellness approach. So I definitely promote that. Talk to my clients about that. Help them work through some of the things I talked about earlier, if they're having any any issues, um, if they're dealing with anything from their past, if it's trauma, abuse, any of those things, sometimes we don't want to talk about or deal with those things, but they're underlying and they definitely can impact how we gain weight and how we eat and oh, yeah. how we deal with, you know, those things come There's up. a great book about trauma that I haven't read, The Body Keeps the Score or something. Have you read that one? I haven't, but that sounds interesting. Someone just recommended it the other day, and I'm, I'm familiar with it just because I, I you know, look at the bestseller lists here and there. And that one is very often in the, um, in the bestseller on the bestseller list, the body keeps the score. It's about trauma Oh my god! and your body. So that's why I wanted to recommend it to yes, you. I bet you definitely would really like it. it look I haven't read it. Like I said, so you might be like, what is this? I don't like this at all. But <laughs> when a book, when a book is a bestseller for a long period of time yeah. over and over and over again, that should get our attention because we know that people are finding a lot of value in it. It should. It should. I will definitely. It does have a huge impact, though, on, you know, yeah. your body, your eating habits, how you deal with uh, stress and all these different things. So it's a lot more complex than just, you know, again, back to the calories in, calories out, you yeah. know, dealing with more. Why are we doing it? And that way we can change it and then you know, replacing some of those habits with other things. So, and know that everything that's going on in your body has a cause. It does. A root cause. It does. And it, it's not because you're weak or a failure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's people just the self talk and the beating themselves up oh and gosh. the feeling like personally responsible for their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the part that we have to just love ourselves yeah. and forgive ourselves and and observe. Yeah. Okay, so last night I needed ice cream. I went and got ice cream. Yep. It was delicious and hmm, let's observe what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I feel that way? Mm-hmm. Why did I I turn to the ice cream? Yep. Yep. And okay. it, but without like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. eat ice cream. Yet. I'm a loser. I'm a and failure. I'm a, yeah, I can never do anything fail. right. <laughs> Got to get back on the wagon. Yeah. You know, it doesn't no, help. It's just you can observe it and acknowledge it and, and think about what was going on. And that's what and I learned for myself was that the weight was a symptom. There was an underlying mm-hmm. problem. And I was constantly trying to deal with the symptom. If I can get the weight off, I can get the weight off. And yeah. it's like, well, once you get the weight off, then what happens? <laughs> you know? That really is huge. The weight is a symptom. It is. it is not the problem. It is, it is a symptom of the problem, yeah. whatever the problem is. That's it could true. be insulin resistance. It could be metabolic metabolic syndrome. It could be so many things. It could be that you're soothing yourself with food for emotional mm. 
issue. I mean, th- there's, Definitely. but there's, there's a, something causing it. It's not just this way. You know? <laughs> right. Like, right. Yeah. And if you don't get to that, you're going to yo-yo like I did for years, over mm-hmm. 20 years, you know, wow. it's just, so I'm glad to finally get to the bottom of it. I think this was the last layer. I'm glad. <laughs> finding That's huge. Out, so. That's powerful. So if someone wants to work with you as a client, with your holistic coaching, how do they find you for that? Um, you would just come to the group. I really okay. everybody to the group. You come to the group on there. I also have um a email. It's uh, September Michelle at yahoo.com. Or right. uh, you can email me there as well. But yeah, I usually have them come to the group because kind of um I think it's super therapeutic for most people oh, yeah. to have that. Um have a group. Have group programs group. are very powerful because yeah. I mean, I was just at a at a wellness conference. It was virtual, but over the weekend, and they were talking about group programs versus one on one programs. Yeah. And they, the practitioner said, they put all of their one on one people in the group too, yeah. in the group program because they help each other. They do. They do. You know, it's one thing if Michelle says it or if Jen says it, whatever. But to hear five other people in the group who struggled with that same thing, absolutely. that's more powerful than if Jen and Michelle just said yep, it. That's absolutely true. Everybody that's, that's a one on one client is also in the group. And I don't, you know, make them like you have to participate and show up, right. but it's absolutely there for you if you do it. And, and what you said is exactly right. You're not the only one. And just knowing that sometimes yeah. is, is, is therapy in itself, you know. 100%. It's powerful to know that you're not the only person struggling. Yeah. You know, because we're not going to tell you that intermittent fasting is easy every day. And you're just like, this is magic. You just do this and you're magic. Yeah, that's true. It's not magic. I mean, there's a lot of autophagy magic and other magic. Our bodies are magic. But there's other stuff, too. And you do have to do the work. You do. Whether it's the emotional work or the physical work or whatever it is. It definitely is. It definitely is. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming back and and talking to us again today. And again, she was episode 126. So you can look back at that. So I I always end by asking, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, that's a good question. Um, What I would say is to stick with it. Um, Mm -hmm. What I tell my clients is at least, I would say at least 90 days, 100 days, give it just that chance. You deserve it. Um, it will work. Even if you're not seeing the scale move, it's working. It's doing something fabulous in, in, inside of you. Um, again, I saw that when I was going through my situation, even though I was dealing with something, they were like, your numbers are <laughs> amazing for someone <laughs> your age. And I knew I owe that to intermittent fasting. Right. Um, and I wish I, I knew that in the beginning. Um, I, before I did the yo-yo and starting and stopping, I wish I had just continued through. Um but those are the most important things. Definitely give it a chance. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. You're so welcome. Thanks, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. 
To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.